And it is impacting and affecting many areas of our life. The anointing destroys yokes. The anointing removes burdens. When the anointing that is in you is prevalent working through you, it will do some awesome things. I mean, not only in your body, but in your relationships. This anointing will enable you and strengthen you to such a degree that God will begin to prosper you through the anointing. I believe that we must, as Christians, abide in the anointing. Now, abiding in the anointing is abiding in the Word, but it is also abiding in His presence. It's living in Him and Him living in us. It is fellowshipping with Him. That is a part of abiding in the anointing. That's on an individual basis, and then it begins to flow through us and affect many areas of our lives. But then there's also another aspect of the anointing, and I would say this, that the anointing must be continuously contended for. As a church, we must continually contend that the anointing and the glory be in manifestation in our services. We are contenders for the anointing. Because we know what the anointing has done in our lives. And we know what the anointing will do in other people's lives. The anointing, when it comes upon a person that is blind, did you know, can cause him to see? The anointing and the glory that comes upon a person that is lame can affect that person to a degree that they will go walking and leaping and praising God. So contend, church, for the anointing in our services. Believe that the anointed word will go forth with freedom and liberty and convince sinners of their way and bring them into the kingdom and the family of God. It is the anointed word that will change people's lives and will set them free. And as they continue in it, will keep them free. Contending for the anointing has much more to do, has, has very little to do with just an emphasis of prayer for 30 days. We must contend for the anointing daily for our church. Stand for it. The denominational world does not stand for the anointing in their church. The religious leaders of this world do not stand for the anointing. We stand for the anointed one. We stand for the anointed one. His anointing and His power on tap in our services, regardless of who's here or who isn't here. We are expecting God. We are expecting the Spirit of the Lord to come upon us. Hallelujah! 
One second in the glory, one second in the anointing can take torment out of a person's soul that's been tormented for years and decades. One moment in the anointing can dissolve cancers just like that. One moment in the anointing can take a person out of darkness and bring him into light. We must contend for the anointing. I am a contender. You are a contender. We are contenders for the anointing. Mm-mm-mm. And then another aspect of the anointing is this. We must defend the anointing. And not fall into the programs of the mental, intellectual realm of man. We are not about three points in a poem. We are about the gospel. And this gospel, when it is preached properly, will shake things up. It will cause devils to scream out and to come out and to stay out. We must not be guilty of falling into the trap and into the seduction of religiosity and settle for the status quo. But we must defend the anointing. Abide in it, contend for it, and defend it. Hallelujah. Turn with me in your Bibles tonight to Mark chapter 16. We've been talking a lot along the lines of the gifts, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Are they passed away? Are they still for today? Is our God retired? When he sat on the throne, did he say it's over with? No, he sat there henceforth expecting his enemies to become his footstool under the feet of the sons and daughters of Almighty God. And so... A miracle could be defined as a supernatural intervention by God into the ordinary course of nature. We have discovered that we must covet for and long for, which is another way of saying contending for the gifts of the Spirit. We found out that we must hear about them, for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, thus preparing us to flow in them. Miracles is the manifestation of the glory of the anointing of God. It is God showing up and showing off. It is Him revealing and showing forth His power. Dr. Young translation of the New Testament calls it powers instead of miracles. We could say it this way. Miracles are the working of powers, thus meaning impelling, 
staggering wonders and astonishments or the outward working of explosions of the Almighty. Hallelujah. I could go for some of that. Everyone say the outward working of explosions of the Almighty. I'm ready for things to explode around here. I got a hankering for revival. I got a hankering, glory to God, for the glory. I got a hankering for the blind to see, the lame to walk, the mentally retarded to be totally delivered. An explosion. I'm ready for some building, shaking prayer meetings. I'm not talking about an earthquake. I'm talking about God just showing up to such a degree that the whole building just boom, 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 shakes. Hallelujah. Now in Mark chapter 16, let's look over there. We're not done talking about the gifts, even though the series ended last week. We're going to just follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Mark chapter 16. I want to talk to you just for a while tonight about signs. About signs. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel, which is the good news, to what? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow what? Notice it doesn't say these signs shall follow the pastor. But these signs shall follow them that believe. Are you a believer? So he says these signs shall follow them that believe. In the name of Jesus they'll cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing it will not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. The believers 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 shall lay hands on the sick. And the sick shall recover, not get sicker. Your job is to believe, lay hands on in the name of Jesus. His job is to heal. You are not the healer. You are simply a messenger boy. Here's what I want you to see. Verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And would you read verse 20 with me? And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them, confirming the word With signs following. Now I want you to notice this. And they went forth and they preached the word. Or they preached the gospel. And it wasn't that it was just the Lord working with them. He was working with what they were preaching. See, I can go out and proclaim Reader's Digest. The Lord's not going to work with that. 
The Lord's not going to work with some sort of a dead religious ritual. He is going to work within His Word. And so we give people the Word and we can expect the Lord to work with the Word. And of course, work with us as well. Because we're preaching the Word. We're giving people the Word. You don't have to be an orator to give someone the Word. You can just be like them at the gate beautiful, such as I have. Such as I know. I'm going to give unto you. But I wanted you to notice that they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. And confirming the word or what was preached with what? With signs following. Now in the days of head, we're going to go through the book of Acts. And we're going to look at what happened in Acts. And we're going to ask ourselves this question over and over again. Do we believe, number one, that that really happened? And secondly, do we believe that it can happen today? How many of you believe that miracles happened in the days of Christ? And even before Christ? They had axe head flow, uh, uh, floating, walls falling, sundials standing still, glory to God, lepers being cleansed, all sorts of miracles in the Old Testament. Do you believe that that really happened? And do we believe, Heart of the Bay, that that can happen today? Dead raising, blind seeing, multitude feeding, building shaking, room filled with smoke. Miracles. Do we believe that really happened? Heart of the Bay, do we believe it can happen again? Lots of denominations do not. But we believe, and we're not putting denominations down, but it is just a fact. This old dead religious world is not going to contend for miracles. Some of them have gotten to a point where they're even denying the virgin birth. And other such unspeakable things. Ordaining certain people. But we believe he's real. We believe that he is the same. And that with him there are no impossibilities. And listen friends, we can choose to believe that. And we can put that in the forefront of our thinking every time we get together. When you walk in the door, I want you to look at this building and say, this building is paid and this building is full. Not just paid in full, but paid and full. Paid and full. 
And I want you to prophesy every day. Heart of the Bay is a place where miracles happen all the time. I get happy just thinking about it. The more we say it, the more we'll expect it. And the more we expect it, the more it'll happen. And the more it'll happen, the more harvest will come in. And the more harvest comes in, the more glory God gets. No man's going to take the glory from him. So we can choose to believe. Look with me to Acts chapter 14. And let's look at verse 3. I'm stirred up tonight. Acts, the 14th chapter. And let's look at verse 3. You know, back there in Acts, they weren't religious. They didn't get nervous at 12 noon. They didn't say, they didn't try to play beat the brethren to the restaurant. (laughs) Verse 3. Are you there? Let's read it together. Long time, therefore, abode they speaking boldly in the Lord. Let's stop right there. The anointing will make you bold. Not obnoxious, but bold. Long time, therefore, abode they, speaking boldly in the Lord, and read again with me, which gave testimony unto the word of His grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. So they they were in in a setting where they were boldly proclaiming and testifying what the Lord had done. And there was a heavenly grant given to them that through their hands, signs and wonders happened. i got a question for you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that really happened? Do you believe it can happen today? Do you believe that God will grant signs and wonders through your hands? Yes, He will. Now, let's talk about a sign. What, what is a sign? Well, a sign, we could say, is a mark. It's a, it, 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 it's a mark. One definition of a sign denotes this thought that it is a signature. It is, it is putting your mark on something. It is a sign. It's signature. It's putting your mark on Something. Well, God signs stuff. But not with ink and pen. God signs stuff, hallelujah, with wonders. Over and over again, I'm asked to to sign an official document. Pastor, would you sign this? And pastor, we need you to sign that. This is... An official document. We need your signature, which is a sign that you approve of this. And that you will back what is signed up. Are you listening to me? Well, God has signatures. 
that he is doing in this day and in this hour. But his signs aren't with ink and pen. His signs are with miracles and wonders. He confirms with signs his word. (laughs) Mm, That man at the gate, beautiful. He was lame from his mother's birth. A sign and a wonder happened. And they said, what happened to you? I have been marked by God. God left his signature on my ankle bones. Sometimes when robbers go out and commit certain robberies or do certain, you know, do certain uh, crimes, they leave some sort of a sign that they were there. Who glory to God. Well, I believe this before it's all over with God's signature is going to be all over the Bay Area. I said God's signature, the his way of being and doing things right and making things right is going to be all over the Bay Area. Glory to God. He signs things. To make us understand and to realize this could not have been by the hand of man. This was done by the hand of the Lord. Listen, friends. There must be notable miracles for communities to be shaken. There must be supernatural miracles of God with His signature on it so that no man could ever explain away. Well, it must have been this or it must have been that. No, it had to be from the hand of the Lord. Raise your hands and thank Him for it right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mark Thomas is a marked man. I have an imprint of the Almighty on my life that is everlasting. I've been signed. I've been sealed. I've been delivered by the hand of the Lord. Man didn't give it to me and bless God, man will never be able to take it away. Who glory. You've been signed. By the one who does signs and wonders. Stamped by the glory. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. That's a whole lot bigger than I'm communicating. But in the realm of the Spirit, I believe if we could see, we've all been stamped with His glory. There's an imprint of the Almighty on our spirit. No longer ourselves, but we belong to God. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ lives in me. And he is the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Well, what happened to you? You you were at that gate beautiful for days, years, decades. What happened to you? you? You couldn't walk. No man could deny it. 
That's the kind of miracles we need. That medical science can't explain away. That it's beyond going into remission. But that it is a notable miracle. I'm telling you what, it'll shake cities. It'll shake nations. And that is one of the reasons why we must contend for it, not just talk about it. And not just play church with it. But believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. So God signs His word with miracles and wonders. Turn me to Hebrews chapter 2. Signs. Signed, sealed, delivered. You just wait and see what our God will do. Wait and see what our God will do. Our God is the God of the universe. Our God is the God of all small G's gods. There is none like Him. There is no one that can deliver like He can. Amen. He doesn't even have to use hypnosis. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. So we're going to get stirred up in these days and these hours about contending for the anointing. Amen. And then we want to give him place to do that. We just want to give him place. One way that this could happen in our church is a, a person just walk in and all of a sudden be totally healed. Another way it could happen is just through a corporate anointing of everybody believing God and trusting God. and People placing their hands upon the sick, healing like that. All over the place. Hebrews chapter, uh, what did I say, 2? Hebrews, the second chapter. And uh, let's look at verse 1. Well, let's look at verse 4. For the sake of time. Hebrews 2 verse 4. God also bearing them witness. Both with what? Signs and what? Signs and what? Signs and wonders. And with divers or different kinds of miracles. And gifts of the Holy Ghost. According to what? So he bears witness to his word then with signs and wonders. A sign also is something that can be seen, not only, you know, a signature, but a sign is something that can be, can be seen. It's, it's something that is seen. When you travel along the road tonight on your way home, you'll see several signs. And some of those signs will call out to you. Right? Depending on, you know, where you're at. If you're hungry, certain signs will call your name. If you love to shop, there are certain signs that will say, come in. We have sales. A sale sign. 
What does that sign do? That sign is attracting you to the source of where that sale is. A sign enables us to see. A sign and wonder enables the world to see the true and living God. And when they see how good God is, you see, it's not the badness of God that leads men to repentance. It's the goodness of God. When they see His signatures and His signs and His wonders, it will call them. It will call them to the source of all strength and all power and all healing and all love itself. I believe this. The God will heal people miraculously before they're saved. Signs, wonders are premier for unbelievers. They are premier. They are primary for unbelievers. It is the net. It is God's calling card. He will heal people on credit. What do you mean that by that? He loves them so much, He will show Himself strong on their behalf. And that sign will woo them to the true source. Into the net. Into the kingdom. And into the family of God. So a sign then is where we see that God is real. And it is the power of God that makes that possible. Say it with me. It is the power of God that makes this possible. All things are possible. Let's say it just a little stronger. All things are Let's start one more time. All things are possible. To what? So, with God then, it's never too late. With man, very often, it's too late. With man, there are things... That cannot be done. But not with God. But not with God. Why? Because He is and has the power that makes all things possible. With you it's impossible. You don't have that kind of power. You don't have that kind of strength. But in Him and through Him, we know the God who can turn impossibilities into possibilities. Power makes things possible. Power makes things possible. Is He the God of miracles? Not He was, but He is. I mean, what kind of a God do we serve? Wow, think about it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into the burning, fiery furnace because they refused to bow. 
And because they did not bow, they did not burn. Not only did they not burn, but not even the smell of smoke was on their coats. How is that possible? God makes the impossible possible. Did that really happen? Could God do that again? Absolutely. Let's turn quickly to Exodus 4. Exodus, the fourth chapter. And let's look at verse um, 8. Exodus 4, and of course, this is the context of, you know, God giving Moses miracles and power and, and the rod of God. And, uh, he, it, you know, it, it was just absolutely miraculous what happened. In Ezekiel 4, 8, or Exodus 4, 8, he says, And it will come to pass, if they will not believe you, once these miracles are performed, now listen to this, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. Do you see what God is saying there? God is saying that signs speak. Signs have a voice. They speak to us of Him who is Almighty God. Glory to God. Signs say something to the world. This world absolutely despises the church. Did you know that? Secular America hates the church. They do not believe what we stand for. And the church oftentimes is mocked. And in some cases, rightly so, because in many quarters, the church has become no more than a social club. With no power. And no miracles. How many of you know that Moses' rod switched gears? There was the hand of the Lord on that rod. Moses' rod took care of all the sorcerer's rods. Swallowed up all of them. I submit to you this evening that Pharaoh would not have given Moses the time of day if there was not the supernatural flowing in his life. There are two major sources of power. God who is all-powerful demonstrating signs and wonders that glorify Jesus and Satan who is less than the least but has a degree of power and with his lying and deceit 
performs miracles and signs, but they never point to Jesus. Are you listening to me? And it's time for the miracles in the church to swallow up these little ballroom devils. These little nincompoop demons that deal with tarot cards and soothsaying and reading palms and cause people to levitate. Big stinking deal. Our God's bigger than that. Our God's stronger than that. I don't have to look in a horoscope tomorrow morning to determine what kind of day I'm going to have. I make my day by the sword of the Spirit and by what the Word has to say. One lady was cutting my hair one time. What, what sign are you? And my spirit, I said, these signs follow me. I am not a sign. I'm a sign and a wonder. And I carry the signature of God in my soul. You know, we, we really, we say we want the supernatural. We say we want miracles. But you know, when Jesus walked on the water, they freaked out. Ah, it's a ghost. <laughs> Let us not back down. See, signs and wonders are eye openers. And they should make us reverent. Remember Jesus in Matthew 17? When what was on the inside began to show up on the outside, the Mount of Transfiguration, the Bible says that he shone. What was that? That was the glory. I mean, it was so bright, so powerful. And he's out there talking to two dead guys. Having a talk with them. That'll make you wonder. But God has a purpose for everything that he does. That was not a seance. That was what was in the spirit made visible to the natural eye. The glory of God shone round about. What does a wonder do? Well, a wonder makes you wonder. But more succinctly, a wonder is this, to be filled with awe. To be filled with amazement. Awe and amazement. We should never lose our reverence and our awe when someone comes to the altar and gives their heart to Jesus Christ. That is the miracle of the new birth. But I don't know about you, but I'm ready for this community to be jarred. I don't care who, I don't care how, I don't care where, and I don't care when. But so be it, Lord. Let your glory fill our community. 
let people down at the cannabis center all of a sudden have an encounter with the God of Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob. Acts 2.22 Let those that are so bound by their political agenda and so live out of their head and in the mental realm, may they have an encounter with the true and living God. Do you believe it? Is it possible to have miracles? Hallelujah. Is He still the God of miracles? Has He furnished us with the power to pray and the power to have miracles in our midst? I believe that He has. Acts chapter 2 verse 22 and we'll close. This is just the introduction. And I think we'll talk a little bit about it more Wednesday night. Acts chapter 2 verse 22. Are you ready? He says, you men of Israel, hear these words. (laughs) Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him. He's right here in the midst of you as ye yourselves also know. Man alive. Do you understand what's happening here? Do you understand that on the day of Pentecost... There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. The atmosphere of miracles is in that upper room. They were told to go to the upper room, but they had no idea what was about to happen. God in His glory just... The windows weren't even open. And the wind is howling in there. Windy in there. The Bible says it was a rushing mighty wind. John Osteen said it was rushing because the Holy Ghost was in a hurry to come take charge of the church. Wind is blowing and fire is falling. <laughs> and I like what Brenda does when she teaches. It wasn't one of those little flick your bicks on top of your head. Did not Jesus say he will fill you and baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire? I mean, there was fire on the day of Pentecost in that upper room. Wind is blowing. Fire is falling. And tongues are talking. Can you imagine? What kind of a pattern did they have? They didn't speak in tongues in the Old Testament. We don't have any proof that Jesus spoke in tongues. But all of a sudden, they were with one place in one accord. And all of these signs and wonders started happening. <laughs> I can see them. Everybody's praying. And the next thing you know, they're out in the street. And they're acting like you act sometimes in church. Drunker than a skunk. 
And they're out there in the streets. And the religious leaders said, what in the world are they doing getting drunk this time of day? But there was a man that once denied Christ, who was once the denier of Christ. Now he stands up and he becomes the prophesier of Christ. And he says, guys, these are not drunken as you suppose. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now listen, get the picture here. Signs, wonders, tongues, bewilderment, maybe some hatred. But then someone stood up, filled with the Spirit, and preached the gospel. And that day, thousands came to Jesus. Come on now. What if there hadn't been the upper room experience? There would not have been people coming to Christ that day. We need some upper room experiences in the churches today. We need some Pentecostal power. We need heaven to come down to earth and consume us. And then we'll take it to the streets. And we'll take it to the marketplace. And those, there shall be many that shall be added to the Lord. Hallelujah. Because they're drawn by what they've seen. Is he a God of miracles? Yes. Has he been one? Yes. Is he still one? Yes. Will he do today yes. what he did yesterday? Yes. Let's stand up and shout about it then. Amen. Yes. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. He is a God of miracles, isn't he, Tony? Woo, glory to God. I'm telling you what, it's harvest time. It is harvest time. We're going to have some joy in harvest time. Glory to God. Lift your hands up and invite Him. Spirit of the living God, we invite you into our midst. You are the